Welcome to Songcraft, Spotlight on Songwriters. I'm Paul Duncan. And I'm Scott B. Bomar. Songcraft brings you conversations with and about the men and women who've put pen to paper, hands to keyboards, and fingers to strings to create lyrics and music that stand the test of time. You probably know the names, and you definitely know the songs. We bring you the stories. Keep up with us via Facebook, Twitter, or our website by searching for one word, Songcraft Show. While Songcraft is always free, if you believe in our mission of preserving and presenting these important conversations, we invite you to visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash songcraftshow. There you can help support us with a voluntary monthly pledge that will also give you access to bonus content and other extras as our way of saying thanks for your continued support. Well, Paul, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to believe it's been uh, a whole year again. Yeah. It's they, they keep going faster. Much um, faster. Yeah. They say that the, the days are long, but the years are short. Right. Hey, and listen, I appreciate you taking a break from uh, putting together that tricycle to uh, take some time <laughs> today to... Uh, yeah. To, to to celebrate Christmas the yeah. Songcraft way. Well, I left out a few screws. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, your your kids. What what could go wrong? Yeah, she'll be she'll be just fine. But uh, but yeah, here we are. It's yeah. uh, it, it's Christmas time. We um, did a Christmas episode last year. Talked yep. to some folks about uh, their um, their Christmas classics. Yep. And this year we're kind of taking a slightly different tack. We're digging a little deeper. We're yep. going into some of the 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 classic deep cuts of yep. Christmas. Some of the songs that, uh, some of them are fairly new. Some have been around a long time and, uh, some that maybe don't get quite the spotlight that some right. of the others do. So we've got, um, William Bell, we've got Tia Sillers, we've got Robert O'Keen, and then we have a surprise guest, surprise, uh, yeah. a, a fellow that, um, I know you don't care for, but, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a fan. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so, so it's a fun day to celebrate Christmas. We've also on our, on our website for this episode, we've got a list of 150 Christmas classics on our Spotify playlist, which is like almost nine hours long. Yeah. So Christmas morning, just hit play on that with the family and it'll go from sunup to sundown and you yeah. never have to, we're, we're providing your festive cheer or just put it on at night and fall asleep to it. And I promise there are no subliminal messages. We we're not None at all. We're not saying sign up for Patreon. Nothing in there th- like that at all. Nothing. No. no. So go ahead and just listen to it. <laughs> you, you can, it's safe. <laughs> Um, you know, one of the things that we also talked about doing, I think this would be kind of fun, is talking about some of the songs that mean something to us um, at yeah. Christmas time. And not just the songs, but the actual versions, the recordings, um, uh, you know, songs and records that we grew up with or, right. or, you know, came to appreciate through the Christmas season. And it's funny, you know, you come across some of these artists and there are certain artists that are like almost completely associated with Christmas because yeah. they had such a big Christmas hit. It's almost kind of a shame, honestly, because you look at like a Jose Feliciano. Right. You know, Feliz Navidad. Yeah. Giant, giant hit. It's yeah. ubiquitous at Christmas time. Yeah. That guy has seven Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> Not all for Feliz Navidad. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like Bobby Helms, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. I'm sure the man made some some records right. other than Jingle Bell Rock. Right. Uh, I'm not I'm not familiar with them, and, and, and you know I think Burl Ives is another guy. Oh, that, big like, time! I just associate him with Christmas, but you know the man made a lot of albums. Yeah, Brenda Lee is yeah. is probably over associated with Christmas for some people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Being a bit of a rockabilly nerd, I I uh, familiar with some of her sure. other work, but sure. uh, but, but you know I your point is uh, we well must taken. understand the view of the everyman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, I wanted us to uh, you know to get into talking about some of the ones for us you know Mannheim Steamroller by the way uh, well that's all they do right <laughs> uh, no I think they do other things <laughs> I think Mannheim wow. Steamroller is one of those groups that sells out stadiums like around the world did you ever get Mannheim Steamroller and Manhattan Transfer confused <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't think enough about, what about tra- one. <laughs> I feel like Mannheim Steamroller Manhattan Transfer and Trans Siberian Orchestra should probably go on tour. I'd, I'd, <laughs> yeah, okay, so, <laughs> so our top 10 favorite yes. uh, Christmas yeah. records. Back, back to yeah. that. Um, so again, not just the songs, but the actual, you know, the records, the versions, right. you know. Because there are some Christmas songs that have both amazing and terrible versions yeah, of the same Yeah, I've actually song. got a song in here that I don't like, but I like a, this version of it. It almost makes me like it. Nice, okay. You know? Yeah, well, let's I'm, do it. I'm going to start with... Uh, you know, one of my guys, you know, I talk about him all the time in this show, Elvis Presley. Yeah. Santa Claus is back in town. Yep. Lieber and Stoller song. It makes Santa just seem dirty. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
it's Christmas time, pretty baby. You <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. And you know, you be a good little girl. Santa Claus is back in town, and yeah. Elvis sings it with such menace. Yeah. It's yeah. like that great early Elvis that, like, man, your parents didn't want their kids listening to this. Right. And you can actually still kind of feel it. You're like, dang, this feels lascivious. Right. 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 Uh. Yeah, there was a weird sort of, uh, in the 50s, there was sort of a brief era of, like, sexy Christmas songs. Yeah, totally. Not something that, that there's much of anymore, which is probably for the best. Probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so I'm going to start with um, what I think is not only perhaps one of the greatest Christmas records ever cut, but maybe one of the most tasteful records ever cut, which is Nat King Cole's version of the Christmas song, yeah. you know, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Yeah. Um, and... Man, if you listen to that song, there's kind of like you hear no guitar Mm. until almost toward the very end. And there's these just very slight, tasteful licks. Like, it's just a a really tasteful record. Yeah. Is it possible that somebody like Tommy Tedesco was out for a smoke break, didn't realize that the take was starting? (laughs) Ran back in. Snuck in, grabbed his guitar for the last verse. Yeah, you never know. know. Um, Written by Mel Torme, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, And an insane song. I actually kind of like fancy myself to be someone who's pretty good at picking out chords. Right. That song is very, very difficult to pick out, man. When you get into that folks dressed up like Eskimos part, right? It like changes keys for like (laughs) a second and a half and then comes back and you're like, ah. (laughs) Um, So uh, the song Merry Christmas, Baby Mm -hmm. has been sung by everyone to everyone. Um, I wouldn't even bother listing all of them. Right. But to me, my favorite version of that song is the Otis Redding version. Mm, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like wistful and fun. And, I, you know, they're, they're listening to a guy like Otis Redding sing, you know, you bought me a diamond ring for Christmas. I feel like <laughs> I'm in paradise. <laughs> There's some real, like, cool, weird 60s stuff going on there. Right. Um, so I, I've never seen a picture of Otis with a diamond ring. But it sounds like that's just what he wanted for Christmas. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, keeping with the soul Christmas theme, uh, and, and I've actually mentioned this on the show before, but um, the Ray Charles version of Little Drummer Boy mm. is maybe one of the coolest records ever. Yep. I mean, it's so funky and so soulful, particularly um, for me, it's amazing because I hate the song The Little Drummer right. Boy. There was the like Harry Simeon Orchestra or whatever version that you know used to hear when you were a kid, and yep. I just was like... How can I just run out into the woods and disappear to not have to hear this song? But yeah. the Ray Charles version of Little Drummer Boy, um, it's great. It's really good. I'd like to know, like, what what era are people picturing the Drummer Boy being from? Because supposedly he showed up at the stable and played for Jesus, correct? Right, right, yeah. Was that a thing, like, in 1 <laughs> AD? Like, Drummer Boys in robes? Like, yeah. was that... I've never... I'm picturing like a kid from like the spirit of 76 with like a snare drum. Yeah. No, I kind of picture the same thing. It's like a, a time traveling child. So like Bill and Ted, I guess. God, okay. <laughs> By the way, uh, on my list and I, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a hanging chat on my list right. uh, was Bob Seger's version of little drummer boy. Ah, and I can't tell you why I like it. <laughs> I think I like it the same way. I like, like smelling my fingers after I've eaten a lot of Cheez-Its. <laughs> Like, I know it's not great. You're a little ashamed. But, yeah, yeah, but I'll, I'll go ahead and be like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll move ahead. Um, Stevie Wonder, What Christmas Means to Me. Oh, that's a good one. It's just, that song to me is the sound of sledding. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's delightful. Right, yeah. It's super fun. Uh, and it's, uh, of all kind of the Motown Christmas songs, uh, some of those sort of felt like cash grabs. Right. Uh, and, and that one felt like a real from the heart Christmas song. Right, right. Yeah, I hear that. Um, so one of my favorites, which is this is kind of a deep cut, but um, Bruce Coburn did a Christmas album uh, and he's got a song in there called Early on One Christmas Morn. Mm. And it's this crazy sort of ramshackle jug band sounding uh, up tempo song that talk about joyful. Like it just sounds like, yeah. you know, but he found the song from like a 1929 recording by a group called the. Uh, Cottontop Mountain Sanctified Singers featuring the lead vocals of Frankie Halfpipe Jackson. Wow. Who it turns out was actually like a female impersonator mainly, but <laughs> created this maybe one-off uh, record. Um, wow. But yeah, early on on Christmas morning, it is, it is one of the more uh, delightful Christmas Drug records. band. Yeah. I'm going to run right out of here and not listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, growing up in my house, uh, we had a, a certain kind of like Christmas vibe in the house. It was usually low lit candles, quiet music. Uh, my, my wife uh, had a very different kind of vibe. It was like dancing and, and right. you know, so you around, had the Southern living version. Yeah, totally. <laughs> around Christmas, she's like, dude, you're depressing me. Right. But I had this thing for like really meditative, contemplative kind of quiet Christmas stuff. Right. I don't know why. So uh, there's, there's a new age pianist named George Winston from Wyndham yeah. Hill. Yeah. Right. Who I've seen referred to in reviews as a human sleeping pill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually dig George Winston. He did that December album. The December album yeah. is like it's it's a must listen for me at Christmas. And the opening song called Thanksgiving is like it's deathly sad. Right. Um <laughs> I don't know what kind of Thanksgivings he had or what right. happened to him on Thanksgiving one year to right. make but I but I can't get enough of it. Wow. Um it takes a certain boldness to to open an album called December with a song called Thanksgiving. Super weird, right? Yeah. And also just like open up, be like, hey, this is a Christmas album. Just go ahead and settle in. It's going to be a bummer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great song. Yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, I'm going to go to one of the more kind of classic, you know, Christmas songs now, which is Oh Holy Night. Yeah. Uh, Oh Holy Night is uh, an incredible melody. It's a hard song to sing. Yeah. Um, It's rangy. Um, There's been a lot of different versions of it. There's been a lot of great versions of it. But my personal favorite is the Tracy Chapman version oh yeah she does this just kind of like starts out real kind of chill and it's just got a very cool vibe and it's uh you know it's not taking the song too far afield to where it you know doesn't resemble the original but it uh adds a twist she puts her own kind of thumbprint on it and really strikes the balance between making it her own versus you know like you know sometimes you hear people sing the national anthem and you're like wait what where's the melody exactly you know but yeah. this is one where it's like okay she she honors the original she puts her stamp on it and it's just a it's my personal favorite version of a whole yeah Night. i'm familiar with that one and and that's one that i actually will run out of here and listen to because i'd forgotten about it yeah it's a great one um this one I, I couldn't possibly do this list without saying elton john's step into christmas right um that song's just cool that's where we're gonna have to part ways <laughs> But you do you, man. Yeah, no, whatever it's brings you Christmas cheer. It, <laughs> I like it because it's like it's uh, it's just that version of Elton. I think it's about 1973. I think it's right. around the time of like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and Elton pretty much for me could have just like you know opened up a phone book and sang a bunch of names, and I'm, <laughs> I'm in. Right. Um, I will say that that uh, I would award that as Christmas song that sounds the most like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what is Christmas without <laughs> yeah, without cocaine? Um, it's it sounds like the greatest fan club single ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, this is one that uh, it, it's been played to death, but I would call it a little bit more of a quote unquote modern Christmas song. Even though I looked it up the other day and discovered it's about twenty five years old, but Mariah Carey is all I want for Christmas is you. I think is a great record. Yep. It's got that kind of throwback Phil Spector vibe. Um, you know, it's it, to me, it's like there aren't a lot of newer Christmas songs that kind of right. have risen to the level of classic. To me, that one is, is a classic. I was standing in line um, at Subway the other day to order a sandwich. I don't want to brag about my lavish lifestyle, but um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> that was on playing in Subway. I just thought, man, this is a, cause I'm not typically a Mariah Carey fan really, right. but I'm like, what? I gotta just, I know you're shocked. I got to step back and just say, that's a great record. Right. I like Harry Carey's version. <laughs> if you're a hot dog, would you eat yourself? I would. No, uh, you know what's funny? That was my next song on my list. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just further proof that we don't consult one another on this stuff. <laughs> right. um, and I actually thought of her version of Oh Holy Night as a great one as well, uh, which is not similar to the Tracy Chapman version. It's, right. you know vocal histrionics it's everything <laughs> right. you imagine Mariah Carey Oh Holy Night would be but it's a fantastic version nice um, I'm gonna go to one that I bet I'm stealing from your list mm. I'd be surprised if I'm not Willie Nelson's Pretty Paper mm. um, that was on my list was it it was well, I, there, I took it so yes. you took one of mine I took one of yours um, <laughs> that that one also just kind of feels like growing up in Nashville to me yeah just feels like one of the th- songs you heard in the mall heard in the house right um which was originally a hit for Roy Orbison and really? before Willie cut it himself, although Willie wrote it. Um, but I have to say my favorite version is the Chris Isaac version. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's very, it's very smooth. It's, uh, I mean, you know what Chris Isaac sounds like. It's yeah. like, it's very dreamy. It's, it's cool. I actually had to look up whether that actually was a Christmas song or whether it was just a song about presents. You know, because right. ribbons of blue. Mm. I'm thinking it's a Hanukkah song. Maybe so. Yeah. But you know, you have a, a song like "My Favorite Things" right. from Sound of Music. It's yeah. not really a Christmas song, but right. it is just just because right. of paper packages tied up in string. That's the line that makes it a Christmas song. And, and you know, there's been all this controversy recently about "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Right. You know, which the controversy should be that's not a Christmas song. It's not. Yeah, there's it's nothing about Christmas song. in there. It's just right. about being cold. That's a good point. It could just yeah. be like nighttime in California, and you know, <laughs> May. Right. Right. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go with um, another, again, I hate to call this like a modern Christmas classic, but I feel like anything written in the 1900s, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. um, but Donny Hathaway is this Christmas, uh, you know, classic. there's not a lot of like Christmas classics written by people of color, um, although Mariah did write All I Want for Christmas is You, right. um, but there's this kind of a small handful. Most Christmas songs were written by like old white dudes. Yeah. Oddly, most Christmas songs uh, are written by old white Jewish yeah, dudes, totally. which is which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, this Christmas is like a great record, and <clears throat> I'm afraid that for some people, Donny Hathaway might fall into that category of dude that's only known for a Christmas song. Yeah, so I'll just say shame. this: if you like that song, go listen to Donny Hathaway's records because that guy was yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, you know, I feel like uh, this Christmas is is one of those songs where nobody knows the lyrics except right? for this Christmas. <laughs> This Christmas, you know, <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but it's great once you get to that part, you're in. You know? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so this, we'll probably part ways here uh, as well. Um, but Wham's Last Christmas, <laughs> this is a freaking good song. Uh, and it, every time it gets me, and like it, it, that is not a song that I think has ever sounded good in a re-record. Like the Jimmy Eat World version, I'm not mm-hmm. down with. Right, I, I can't remember who else did one. I, there have been several. Just, I feel like I need a like a flow chart when I listen to that song because it's like the last Christmas and the next Christmas, but then this one and then you did this the last time, but then this next one I'm gonna do that and I, 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 it's hard if, for me to keep. If you up. can deal with the twelve days of Christmas, but you have trouble with no last one Christmas? ever said I could deal with the twelve days of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I gave you my heart last Christmas. The very next day, you gave it away. This right. year, yeah, there's there's to keep me from days. tears. I'm going to give it to someone special. It's you know, different years. Last Christmas is basically saying to the listener, "You're not special," hmm. which you is know? what we all want to hear at Christmas. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an undercurrent of bitterness in there, which a lot of George Michael's writing had. Yeah. In there. we're yeah. getting into the weeds now on this one. But <laughs> um, last Christmas, great song. Anyone who thinks otherwise is wrong. Go ahead. Well, as long as we're parting ways, uh, I'm going to say that one of my favorite. Christmas songs of all time is Santa Looked a Lot Like Daddy by Buck Owens. Oof. Uh, yeah. And uh, it is maybe one of the most Buck Owensy Buck Owens songs <laughs> of all time. And uh, hey, could you guys turn down the buck a little bit on this one? <laughs> he he and uh, Don Rich, his lead guitar player who wrote the song with him, they're uh, they're rocking those harmonies and those twangy guitars. And uh, if you don't like twang, do not listen to this song. But <laughs> if you like Bakersfield Country, this is the the crowning achievement of, of uh, Christmas songs. I love tang. it's not just for astronauts anymore um this is one that that i haven't heard in a while but for whatever reason i feel like in the 90s i heard it every time i turned left to right which was about bruce springsteen's version of santa claus is coming to town right it's a free for all Uh, (laughs) it's a rollicking good time yeah it's like it's like a cub scout pinewood derby you just set the cars (laughs) to roll in and you don't know how far they're gonna go but you know i think he starts like laughing at the end of it right you know he's kind of hollering at the band and stuff it's a super fun version, though. It's uh, in fact, it incorporates all the elements of E Street Band that sometimes I don't like, all hmm. the sort of calliope stuff. But it sounds like it's snowing on stage right. in that version. And usually, when I when I look at E Street stuff, I'm like, you know, yeah, people would shoot me for saying this, but take out the saxophone, take out the xylophone, right? And I've got a I've got a great record here, right? This time I'm like, don't take anything out. Right, right. I want the jingle bells. I right, want every right. bit of it. You know, I, the Christmas I want the Christmas wall whole... of sound. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, so I think one of the saddest Christmas songs of all time is "I'll Be Home for Christmas," which Ben Crosby originally recorded. Yeah, and you very know, sad because song. that like "I'll Be Home for Christmas." If only in my dreams. Oh, <laughs> man, that's brutal. But my favorite version of that song is Al Green. Um, yeah, I think I have that somewhere. He's he's like, 
I don't know. There's just something about it. It's like, cause Al sounds joyful singing anything. Yeah. And it's almost like the joyfulness of Al Green's voice juxtaposed against what's kind of a sad lyric and melancholy sort Very of melody. Sad lyric. Yeah. yeah. Is makes it even more sad. Yeah. Um, so if you want that sort of low light, you know, sad Christmas, you can't go wrong with that song. One thing about that song drives me crazy though. Presence on the tree. Yeah. That's weird. Right? Like what tradition is that from? Well, how small knows, are these presents? Who knows what kind of early American traditions there were, and how big is that tree? Yeah, I mean that might be the question. Was that the whole thing? You had to climb into a tree to get your <laughs> gifts. Like, hey, you're yeah. gonna have to work for it, kid. They made things harder for kids <laughs> in the olden days. <laughs> yeah, I watched The Revenant. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna round out my list. Uh, I think we're at the end, right? Yep. With um, a song that I'm, I'm not sure that I like it, but I can't go through Christmas without it. It's the Eagles, Please Come Home for Christmas. Mm. And I think maybe I like it because we covered it in high school. Yes, which was to great effect. We really added to it, I'm yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The world needed our version. Um, but uh, I, I love Don Henley's voice on that tune. Right. From the moment it comes out, you know, bells will be ringing, you know. Yeah. He's got that little that little rasp that he right, pulled right. out from time to time. And uh, yeah, that, that's just a great one. The original version of that song was by uh, Charles Brown on Atlantic Records. And ah. I got to say, I do think the Eagles did a really nice version, but I, I, I like the Charles Brown version. I think the old raggedy R&B, uh, you know. Are you talking about Charlie Brown? Yeah, because I'm talking that, about the guy with Snoopy. Yeah, that's a yeah. real different cat. <laughs> um, all right, so for my last one, um, you know, bringing it back to the point of this whole season, uh, Mary, Did You Know? Yeah. is another one of those songs that, you know, has kind of become a modern-day Christmas classic, um, which is interesting because last year we talked to Mark Lowry, Mark Lowry who yeah. wrote Mary Did You Know. We also talked to um, Mike Stoller, who who wrote Santa Claus is Back in Town. So some of our favorites were people we yeah. spoke to on our Christmas episode last year. So Crazy. if you didn't happen to hear that last year, go back and check that out, and you yeah. can get, like, you could just choke on Christmas cheer that we're providing <laughs> with you. Yeah, you um, know you got, like, like several days before and after Christmas where you got nothing to do. Like, yeah, the, so there's that weird vacuum. You can listen to all of yeah. Songcraft every episode. Totally. Um, but, so, Mary, did you know, uh, I just think is an interesting take. Uh, yeah. It's hard to find that new angle on a Christmas song, and I think they found it. Um, and Amy Grant probably has the best-known version of that song. Mm. My mom could wear out some Amy Grant records at Christmas <laughs> Breath time. Breath of Heaven, too. Yeah, man. Breath of Heaven, Tennessee Christmas. Uh, I mean, like, I know every Amy Grant Christmas record back to front because my mom, like, right. my mom, who, by the way, doesn't really care much for music, but loves Christmas music, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I digress. Yeah. Uh, the Natalie Cole version of ah. Mary Did You Know is my favorite version. That's my favorite record uh, of that particular song. And, um, you know, it's got some theology in there. It's yep. got some some interesting um, melodic stuff going on, and I think it's uh, it's it's a great one. Yeah, the, the child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. That's a great gray line. Yeah, I like Elmo's version. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. Well, first up in our spotlight on holiday songs today is William Bell's Every Day Will Be Like a Holiday. Yep. William Bell wrote the song and performed the song, and, and this is one of the great R&B Christmas classics. And, you know, William is someone who's been on our show. He, he wrote Born Under a Bad Sign, You Don't Miss Your Water, I Forgot to Be Your Lover, all these great R&B classics, and, uh, and this, is, this is one of the great R&B holiday classics. Yep. And this is actually a part of the interview that is, has been in the Songcraft vaults up to this point. Right. So we got Geraldo Rivera to come and break down the door <laughs> and found. And that, something was there. Yes. In the Songcraft vaults, there actually was some stuff. So this is part yeah. of what was there. So uh, we're going to listen to a little bit of Every Day Will Be Like a Holiday uh, from William Bell and then find out more about that song from the man himself. Every day will be like a
that will, every day will be like a holiday was a song that uh, Booker and I did, and we uh, did it during the holiday season. Mm. And so, um, but we didn't do it uh, initially as a holiday song. Uh, when we wrote it, uh, Al Jackson, bless him, uh, he had the idea. He loved it, and but he said, "I want to try something," and he put some sleigh bells on it, right. Christmas bells on it, and of course, then everybody said, "Well, this will make a great holiday song. Hmm. Uh, it's got all the ingredients, and it sounds Christmassy now with the sleigh bells." <laughs> right, right. And of course, uh, when they released it, uh, that's what happened. They just uh, and every year, uh, I've had this jockey say, well, we know it's Christmas that we hear every day will be like a holiday. <laughs> and so it's, it's up there with um, uh, Please Come Home for Christmas and all those iconic songs that White Christmas. So it, it, it's a wonderful feeling to have something that you know that will be around long after you're gone and people mm-hmm. will play it and uh, and, and identify with such a, a festive season and everything so it's just a good feeling well it's funny to think you you see the word holiday in the title and you think okay well that must have been intended to be a christmas song but but i guess if we'd have taken madonna's song holiday and put sleigh bells on it maybe that would have ended up being a christmas song too <laughs> right uh, you know and um the way i guess we recorded it um is just kind of the sound wise and 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 everything it just blended itself into that because we always, Booker and I always took an approach that we wanted our material uh, to be, uh, have the right uh, mood and the feeling and uh, for the music to exemplify what the lyrics were saying. And so uh, we always did have a lot of strange rhythmic concepts hmm. yeah. <laughs> for our ballads, more than <laughs> just the, the regular, you know, four thing on it. So, right. And so by putting those uh, sleigh bells on it and everything, it just made it work perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that song is, has been covered by the Sweet Inspirations, Hall & Oates, Warren Haynes, Carol King, and many others. Do you have a, a favorite cover version of that one? I don't know. I, I, I it, you know, when when I hear an artist cover something of mine, each one of them bring uh, something different to it from their perspective and everything. Yeah. So it's hard to just pinpoint one. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, and, you know, that song was, was included on the 1968 album Soul Christmas, which featured other classics like Clarence Carter's Backdoor Santa and Otis Redding's version of Merry Christmas Baby. Um, was the goal to, you know, I know you said you guys didn't write the song to be a Christmas song, but with that particular album, did they just sort of grab stuff and, and make a compilation of Christmas things that had already been released, or was kind of the idea to let's bring these songs together for the first time and, and release them to the public? Uh, it was the idea of let's make a Christmas uh, 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 CD or album, and um, let's uh, pick the songs that would be indicative of the festiveness or the 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 loving mood of of the season. Yeah. So and and that's what they did. Yeah, they just they picked songs that they they fit feel of felt that fit the project. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So this next segment is actually an excerpt from our recent interview with Tia Sillers. Yep. 
Um, just the very last episode, as a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, our most recent, yeah. Yeah, so um, the woman behind songs like I Hope You Dance, uh, There's Your Trouble, and a ton of great stuff. We had a great conversation with Tia. But um, this is a, a song called A Joyful Noise that was recorded by Jody Messina. Yeah. Um, and one that, that Tia wrote with her late husband, Mark Otis Selby. And she references him in this excerpt. Um, she calls him Moss because his, yeah. his uh, initials Mark Otis Selby. So that's who she's talking about when she uh, she mentions him. But this was on Jody Messina's uh, album called uh, A Joyful Noise. And I love her work apart from Kenny Loggins, too. Yeah. Uh, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that she stands Wait, that on her own. Different Messina? Uh, I'm not sure. Have I, I messed this up? Know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I joke, of course. I kid, Jody. Um, but, uh, you know, on this album, this Christmas album, it was mostly traditional songs. I yeah. believe there were only two that were original. Yeah. Um, this is one of them. Yeah. Make a joy. Christmas songs get written because someone sets out to write a Christmas song. Yeah. Um, you don't often hear about you know Christmas songs just kind of randomly falling out of the sky, the same way other songs do. And we we talked a bit about you know you taking these walks and and or hearing things that people say and how they land. You know, um, I'm I'm curious a bit on on how this one came about and and if it came about and saying okay we need to write a Christmas song today or whatever was set out. Do you like that type of assignment writing or almost being commissioned to write a certain type of song or, or do you much prefer to sort of let it land on you what year did you say this was uh 2002 that's impossible <laughs> oh my gosh baby um when i talk say baby i'm talking to moss um i cannot believe that um no i remember this super clearly um brent mayer was moss's producer and our long-term friend and collaborator he was doing a christmas album on jody Messina and um, Diana Mayer, Mayer put out an all points bulletin, you know, <laughs> peeps, come on, we have a chance, we have a chance, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And I had always rolled my eyes at trying to write a Christmas song because it seemed so calculated and it also seemed that the great ones already existed. And so I remember saying, okay, okay, I want to do this, but I want to do no, no reference to Christmas, no ref- reference to angels i want it to be this 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 epic lovely song about peace and hope and humanity without any of the traditional <laughs> touchstones how can we not do this so i went deep down the rabbit hole once again studied like all the top 100 christmas songs <laughs> and um and then started collecting all the possible words that i thought would be great and sentiments and everything and um let's think about this Make a joyful noise, send it out across the sky tonight. Send it coasting on the cool starlight, let it fall on heaven's ears. Sing a song of peace, a song of all the joys that peace could bring. Make a joyful noise and let it ring for all the world to hear. (laughs) And it's hopeful, right? Mm -hmm. And it's spiritual and it's seasonal but it can be any denomination it can be about a hope for the new year and it was yeah it was this beautiful surprise hit and it's still it's played i mean it's one of the only new holiday songs that get played which is crazy once again i managed to be the (laughs) the one new holiday song of the 21st century and um yeah and it's been covered multiple times now and it's it's a it was a great writing exercise because I, I managed to avoid every cliche, but <laughs> yeah. still, and a joyful, the words joyful noise are from the, from the Bible. So, um, but so proud of that. Very proud of that. Yeah. To, it seems like maybe to, to give yourself an added assignment on top of the assignment gave you the challenge that you yeah. needed, you know? And I love that challenge is something that does keep me really engaged. Yeah. Hmm. You know, occasionally we've had to do some episodes where one of us wasn't there. Right. Um, and then you, and you've done some with Randy Poe as a guest host. Yeah. And I'm generally fine with that. Right. But when you bring them into an episode like this, I feel like you're trying to hurt me. When I besmirch Christmas time. With... Ba- yeah. 
Yeah. No. You have smeared the holiday with this reminder of yeah, the of fact that, ooh, I can do this without you. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not going to listen to this next section. I don't think you should. I think you should leave the room. And okay. uh, if you're going to be that way, if you're going to go pout, then go pout. No, and it's fine. It, no, you, you know. ruin every Christmas. Well, if you're, look, this is just what you do. Since you are so successful that you can't be here every time. Uh, oh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah, hey, that well, felt like some genuine uh, like hol- holiday <laughs> resentment, yeah. right? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> go hang out with your friend Randy. <laughs> well, so Randy and I sat down with Robert Earl Keane, who wrote what is probably the only Christmas song to mention tampons. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> so wish I, I had left the room. I think we just. Uh, <laughs> I think we just just jump in. the turkey turn the ball game on next margaritas when the eggnog's gone send somebody to the quick pack store we need some ice and an extension cord a can of bean dip and some diet rides a box of tampons and some marlboro Well, the first time that I ever heard a Robert Earl Keane song in my life was 1998. I was in Gunnison Forest, uh, Colorado, at one of these adventure uh, camps, and there was a girl there from Waco, Texas. She played guitar. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, have you guys heard Merry Christmas from the family? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, no, what's that? And she's like, oh, it's the funniest song. It's so great. So she, this girl plays it on her guitar, her, her version of it on her guitar. And I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But it really, I mean, it struck a, it struck a chord with me because mm-hmm. it was funny. Mm-hmm. And I always thought funny songs kind of fell into the like Ray Stevens, Weird Al Yankovic mm-hmm. sort of sure. category. Right. But this song, I'm listening, I'm going, it's funny, but it's also sly and it's sharp. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of funny, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. than yucking it up, you right. know, type right. of song. Um, and it made it, I mean, it made an impression on me. And in fact, uh, I, I remember, like we we're talking about earlier, you hear a great song, you want to go. I remember trying to write a couple songs in right. that vein, which right. I was terrible at. Right. Um, but, you know, the, it, it, it did kind of reorient my, my thinking in a way. And I wanted to ask you about, you know, as a songwriter, specifically that song, kind of the inspiration for it and, mm-hmm. and how it came about. But in a larger sense, also that it's not easy to write and be mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. without being goofy or, right. you know, right. but just, just, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that song specifically, but also in a larger sense, that whole approach to, to songwriting in a way that makes people smile without, you know, but right. still making kind of think too, you right. know, right. I, I, you know, back to the part where I talked about, you know, audiences or a focus group, a funny song is the, best test you know to see if they're listening yeah. and to find out if the song is really funny because if if you you know and there's songs that i've written that you know like i thought were funny yeah and you play it to people and they just go you know <laughs> and you know and then you, know, you think well you can't say they don't get it i mean when you first start out you can say that right <laughs> but as as much as i've done you know played as many shows as i've done I know that this is honest. This is, you know, so I go, ah, that's not funny. Boom, let's get rid of that. (laughs) Right. And sometimes within that whole scenario, the thing that you didn't really think was funny is funny. And then what your big punchline is not funny, right? Right. There's another one. So (laughs) it gets kind of upside down. Yeah. But on the Christmas song, I was writing the songs for uh, Gringo Honeymoon. And I I, I, I was writing... The song on there called "The Raven and the Coyote," and it's a, it's a long narrative sort of, uh, you know, I don't know what would be kind of a, a exotic, uh, you know, story, things basically set in Mexico or in South America, and um, and it was, you know, I was trying to get all the parts in there, and I wanted it to sound right, and I wanted it to make sense, sure. and 
but I was like working myself into a headache writing this song. I was just wearing myself out. Yeah. And I finally took a break and it was, this was in November. And I, I thought, oh, I just got to just write something. And I thought, well, you know, it's okay. Cause you know, I got all of the rest of November and then I got all of December. And then I thought, I don't know. I don't have all of December. It's all the holiday thing. And you're always stuck in the holidays and you can't get out of this business, this holiday business. And I thought, I just write it. I just write myself my own Christmas. You know, there's not, and I'm thinking that there's not a, I don't know what a chestnut looks like. You know, I never heard a sleigh bell, right? <laughs> I'm going to write my, I'm going to, I grew up in Houston, Texas. It can be 90 degrees and 98% right. humidity. It's, it's crazy. You know, Houston, Houston weather, by the way, other than not getting cold, it's very much like Nashville. It can be yeah. very oppressive, you know, yeah, yeah. And even on, you know, December 25th. Sure. So I'm sitting there. And I'm just strumming along, and then I just started write, writing this song, and it really just, you know, fell out. All the pieces, mm. I just, it was so easy, because, like, all of these things were my experiences. Mm -hmm. All of these, you know, the thing about the box of tampons, I, that wasn't made up. I didn't think, oh, let me find a weird thing about it. You know, here's something really weird, throw in right. a song. It was because my Aunt Sadie, and I have a cousin that's a year younger than me, we were at Christmas, and... She says she used to call her son Lee Puck. His name is Lee Puckett, but she'd go, Lee Puck? And she's from San Angelo. <laughs> and she she went, I mean, in front of everybody, in front of God and everybody. And we're only like, we're like 10 years old and all we have is a bicycle. And she goes, Lee Puck, take this $5 down to the convenience store and buy me some tampons. And we're just, oh my God. Oh, can you believe she said that out in front of everybody, you know? And, 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 you know, so that just like fell in the song. It was just boom, you know, here it right. is. And so I write the song and really, truly, I, probably not more than 30 minutes, you know, and not really, no editing, no return to, you know, this would be better than this. It just fell out. Wow. And, um, uh, and so I thought, oh, great, good that. And then I, you know, went back to the Raven the Coyote, finished it up, you know, made it right. made it feel good. And uh, so I'm playing, so I did that record, Gringo Honeyman, with Gary Valletri, who ran Bug Music. You know yeah, Gary, right? Sure. Yeah. And um, Gary, uh, so I'm playing the same deal, you know, playing the producer of the songs. And he said, well, what else you got? And I said, well, I got this stupid Christmas song. He said, play it for me. I said, okay. He, I played it for him. And he starts really laughing immediately and just yeah. laughing and laughing. I thought, wow, that's okay. He goes, oh, this has got to be on the record. I went, really? Goes, if you listen to that record, the nature of it is pretty serious. It's not yeah, like yeah. real dark, but it's pretty right. serious. And that's the only kind of like comedic relief in right. the whole thing. Right. And, uh, you know, so we put it on the record. Uh, and th then here's a st back to a studio thing. This was this is sometimes what I really think that sort of got some of people's attention is we played it. And like when you got studio musicians on that deal, there was uh, Gurf and uh, and uh, Carrie Talent and George Marinelli and right. uh, Dave Rusher. Uh, all, all were playing on the session. You know, these guys are great. So right. you go, okay, here's the song. And they just kind of click into this perfect, like, 2-4 country time. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. It's got to be slow. And right. I said, and they, and they slowed it down a little bit. I said, no, no, no. It's got, well, how slow? I said, think you're a 14-year-old kid and you just drank a bottle of Boone's Farm and you've been throwing up all night and you just woke up, okay? And the best thing you can do is just pick up your guitar and maybe strum a chord. That's how slow I want this. And then, and so we did this really, if you listen to it, it's really slow yeah. mm -hmm. and to the point where it's like, you go, wow. I wonder why this is so slow, right. you know? But it had some kind of magic to it. Those, right. And I have to remind myself on stage, back yeah. off, you know, because, yeah, right. you know, there's a stage tempo thing, you know? Right. And so mm -hmm. so it's it's hard to keep that slowness right. all the way through that song. <laughs> but I do think that that caught a lot of people's attention, just the, the, the slow, the how slow yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it was, it was the phrase, a can of fake snow. <laughs> I mean, that's just the greatest phrase in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you had to have, yeah, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's Houston. Yeah, that's the closest, closest thing you could get to snow in Houston.
So our next uh, guest on this very special Christmas episode is somebody that uh, I'm not sure we can exactly call a guest. I'm a guest in your home. You you are a guest in my home. Uh, so our next guest is is our very own Paul Duncan. Yeah. And um, I have uh, turned the microphone around, as they say. I don't think anyone <laughs> says that. Uh, but I've turned the microphone around on you a few times now yeah. here. Because you turn the tables, on I've me. turned the tables on you. Because you have had some some songwriting success yourself, and the the reason that we have this show is to talk to songwriters about their songs. And I was yeah. thinking, you know, last year we we went pretty hard on the Christmas episode. We had seven songwriters, and yeah. and this year it was, uh, hey, let's pick some of the non obvious stuff. Let's yeah. find some of the uh, the the Christmas gems that might not be the first songs that pop into right. people's heads. Um, and you, sir. Are a writer of one of those with Lauren Daigle. Yep. Um, song called Light of the World. The world waits for a miracle. The heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come. Oh, come, Emmanuel. A child prays for peace on earth and she's calling. From a sea of hurt, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. And can you hear the angels singing? about Lauren Daigle these days. She's having a huge amount of success, but she's she's been around a while. She's yeah. uh, she's she's done some um, previous projects, and one of them is Light of the World. And Light of the World is a Christmas song, mm-hmm. and you and Lauren wrote that together. Yep, and with Paul Mabry, with Paul Mabry, producer. Yeah. And um, yeah, so what I want to know is, you know, this idea of so many Christmas songs have, you know have been written and there's only so many things you can say. I mean, right. it still has to fit within the um the realm of being a Christmas song. Right. So like just talk about that that song and, and kind of how you guys, you know, approach the process, which I think would be kind of a daunting task. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges of it is that you have uh kind of a, a limited set of images that you can play with that people are going to go, "Ah, Christmas." Right. You know, <laughs> when you're doing a sacred Christmas song, you know, there's usually going to be something about, you know, Mary and the baby and the star and, right. and and that type of imagery. If you're writing uh, more of a mainstream Christmas song, then you got fireplaces and trees and right. drinking something hot or whatever <laughs> you want to try to put in there. Snow. Right. Um, so this, you know, being in the in the Christian realm, we knew that we were going to write something, uh, you know, from a sacred standpoint, not yeah. a fireplace song per se. Right. right. So you know, I we we wrote it the way I think every classic Christmas song all the way back, you know, probably to what child is this was written with it. We did it over Skype. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was with Paul uh, in Nashville and Lauren was at her home in Louisiana. I'm huh. um, coming in over the monitor. And uh, so, you know, you start with this blank canvas and I remember just sort of like trying to sit there and kind of get in the Christmas mood. You right. know, you start thinking about what, you know, it's August, I think, and you're trying to sort of get in that Christmas vibe. And I started tinkling around on the on the roads. Uh, Paul Mabry always has a Fender Rhodes. Is what we always right. write on. Right. Um, and the first line just sort of like, the world waits for a miracle. That line actually came kind of easily. Hmm. Um, it, because just sitting, putting myself in that mindset, I thought about, you know, that's one of the big themes for me um, from a Christian Christmas standpoint is the idea that the world had been waiting right. for Jesus Anticipation to be born. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Um, the world waits for a miracle. And uh, then we started batting lines back around together and then a child, you know, prays for peace on earth. Some of those things, um, they just felt like, okay, these are, these are the kind of images that we want to use. Right. Yeah. Um, the hard part with that song was trying to come up with well, what, what does the chorus need to do? Right. Um, and I, you know, especially at that time, had a tendency to to weigh choruses down with 
more lyrics, more images, you know? <laughs> right? Um, and I kept kind of doing that. I was like, you know, trying to create this lofty picture of some big theological concept. Yeah, I remember Paul just kind of cutting through the noise and saying, "I just feel like it should just say something simple like glory to the light of the world." And then we all stopped, and Lauren and I were both kind of like, "Yeah, why, why, <laughs> why can't it just say that?" Right. Um, and that I remember being kind of the inspired moment. Where, you know, because I think in every moment in a writing session, you're like, yeah, we got some good stuff here. We're putting some yeah. good lines together. This, I like where this is going. But there's usually a moment where you're like, oh, we got a song. Right. And when he uh, introduced that as this simple anthemic chorus, it was like, oh, we got a song. Yeah. And from that point is where some of the more, um, you know, fun and triumphant moments of the of the writing session and of the song came from. I think when, once you have the confidence to know, oh, we've got a song now, you're you're playing with house money at that right. point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And that, uh, I mean, that was uh, topped uh, one of the iTunes charts, I think, at the yeah. at the time that it that it came out. So you know, it's kind of cool to like to add in a way to this canon of of Christmas songs. Yeah. Because you know, it's there's just not a lot of opportunities i guess to do that well and, and what's really cool about it too is uh you know as you were mentioning before lauren's career has really you know taken off and people are recognizing what a great artist she is that was her first single hmm. her first release was a christmas song um and i can't i don't know that i can think of anyone else who kind of like launched that way that's yeah, a really interesting. Uh, interesting way to introduce yourself to the world right um and i'm, I'm really thankful that you know, on one hand, the song was embraced and has become a song that, that people care about and identify with and identify with her, but that she then went on to not just become the Christmas girl, but right, to, right. to have something broader and bigger. So Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Kind I mean, of a win-win. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Cool, man. Well, thanks for asking. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for being on Songcraft. Hey, my pleasure. I thought that segment went pretty well. I thought it went okay. Guest was yeah. a little full of himself, but yeah, yeah, yeah. a little, little bit of an arrogant uh, yeah. kind of tone. But you know, uh, it's still a talented guy. You get so. used to that in this business. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Well, hey, we want to thank everybody for for listening, uh, not just to our Christmas episode, but listening to Songcraft all year this year. And yeah. uh, you know, we've been doing this now for for four years. It's the last one of the year. It's the last one of the year, and uh, it's uh, it, it's been an honor for us to kind of share these moments and uh these interviews with um with you guys you know every couple of weeks and uh so we we thank you for being part of the the songcraft world yep thanks for uh, giving us a great 2018 and we will see you next year sounds like a plan thanks as always for listening and for your support we'd love to stay connected with you so please sign up for our email list at songcraftshow.com like us on facebook and follow us on twitter Again, you can find us by searching for Songcraft Show, all one word. While Songcraft is available to our listeners at no charge, we ask friends like you to consider becoming a Songcraft patron at patreon.com slash songcraftshow. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash songcraftshow. There you can pledge as little as $2 per month to help Songcraft continue its mission of bringing you great interviews with great songwriters. Plus, you'll have the opportunity to access bonus content and get the chance to enjoy unique rewards and experiences as a member. We look forward to getting together again with you for the next episode of Songcraft Spotlight on Songwriters.